never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd It's Sunday. You know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything because it's all in canon. We're your hosts as always. I'm Boris. And on this one year anniversary of this incarnation of the show, we have Phil. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I guess it's the, the big date, isn't it? Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. It's been, yep. A, it's been a year, man. It's been a year. <laughs> it's been quite the year. It has. You know and what? It... Um, my hand smells. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Out of context comments that people will wonder what the heck is going on. <laughs> exactly. We're going to get to that in a second. But before we do, let's let our listeners know what they can expect on today's episode. We're going to be talking about the NHL to Turner Sports. We're going to be talking about tons of video game news. As always, uh, we have some sales figures, some projections. Cyberpunk Devic is getting a big payday. What the fuck is up with that? Uh, MoviePass co-founder Konami, Sony's investments, Last of Us 3 coming. And it'll be the show EA pushing players to loot boxes. Obviously, nothing that is news to anyone, but it's interesting to get confirmation. We also have a little bit of Star Wars news, and as always, we have the latest, greatest news in terms of everything streaming. How does that sound, Phil? Sounds like an ambitious show. It is an ambitious show. A very ambitious wow. show. We, we there, there, that- There's a lot of other stuff there, because we're also going to be talking about the big Apple versus Epic showdown that's going to happen in court. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, lots to talk that, about that, today. That, that kicked off this week from what I'm hearing on the internet. Yes. Yeah. To they're, say they're in, in the courtroom. Yep. Yep. Much and drama. Also, yeah, there's a lot of drama there. And also, I love the fact that like Microsoft has strategically and intelligently put some PR pressure on Apple right now uh, because one of the things that they're talking about is um yeah is is the fact that uh you know in terms of dev revenue Microsoft wants mm. to take a lower cut oh yeah like all the players are going to be in there just messing with each other now you know it's yep. it's that's that's what all this calls for, uh, just to add to the dr- drama behind the scenes. So it doesn't shock me, any of these companies, you know, that they are they have salvos of low blows yep. ready to, to come out in the arsenal here. So 
I, I it's gonna it's gonna be a fun while while this uh while this all goes down in the courts. I, I don't know that it's going to be pleasant for all parties involved, uh not only on this PR front, but also with whatever the ruling comes out to be. Yep. It, it could be very uncomfortable for one set of companies or a bunch of companies. Exactly. So, so- we're going to talk a little bit about that. We don't have too much news because obviously the big news is going to come out once a verdict is out. But, you know, we're yeah. going to kind of set the stage. Um, but before we do all of that, Phil, how are you? I, I'm doing well. It, it, it feels like it was just a couple of days ago that I said, oh, crap, it's Monday again. Yeah. And the week kind of flew by. Um, a lot of work, a lot of busyness at work, which I think we're all going through at the moment. Everyone I talk to seems to be busy at work. Um, as far as content and stuff, as far as, as my watching and my gaming and all, all that kind of stuff, my gaming's pretty boring and predictable. <laughs> it's uh, There's yeah. some Star Wars games on sale, so I've been picking up a couple of those on the console, but... Uh, yeah, it, it it really is like Invincible Man was kind of like the highlight of my week due to lack of Falcon and Winter Soldier now, but there was uh the assembled episode which kind of does the making of Falcon yep. and Winter Soldier. So yep, that, that was, was that was a very interesting watch, yeah. Yeah, that was on my notes. Um what did you think of it? Let's <laughs> talk about that now. I I thought it was it was it was pretty good. Like it offered some of the insights into what we talked about openly speculating on in here, yeah. just with Isaiah and and just the relationship to the Truth series and and whatnot, and um, just keeping the costume on Anthony Mackie and all the digital manipulation that they had to do to keep it looking right, which yeah. I never obviously you wouldn't know unless you know. And I found that was pretty fascinating, honestly. It's the details, right? Like the details. Yeah, it's the details. It's the fact that it's exactly like we said. It's a movie filmed in, in, you know, six parts. And it's got that production value. Things like that. Like, there was nothing shocking in it. Um, I, I, I found it was actually some of their shooting challenges with Costa Rica and then going to Europe and whatnot. I, I found that... Um, that that was interesting considering Disney has things like the volume and they have access to this stuff, but it's interesting how it's that that technology isn't necessarily shared across the company at this point. It's kind of like, well, that's a Mandalorian star Wars thing because I I feel like during this COVID time, you would want to leverage like location shooting that doesn't involve world travel you know what i mean when they were filming this they didn't know right like they were in the middle of filming um to use the vault properly you need stock footage anyways so clearly they didn't have any um and you know it's one of those things where the mcu tries to get like the real world and and then but yeah i can see them for sure start using it in the future and i'm pretty sure that it will be used um we you know we just don't know to the extent of how redolute readily available they can make those 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 vaults for for other productions right so yeah it, it it's it it's just 
interesting to me just to see the use and and it will be interesting to see it when it first gets used on something other than the intended what's what's going on it right now yeah because the the effects are realistic enough that you know people who are on set are legitimately fooled mm -hmm. so it's it's fascinating technology to me and i i think that it's like i say it's especially something fascinating during this this covid time yeah for it sure could be a huge solution to a lot of challenges and and cut down on a lot of the budget use and still have a realistic environment to shoot with that the actors can react to so mm -hmm. yeah it, it 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 was just surprising to me how old school it was and that's not a bad thing either Nope. You know, there's exactly. going to be a day where we're pining for, oh, remember when movies were made, like shot in the wild type mm -hmm. thing? There's going to be a day where we're going to sound like old men complaining about all the special effects. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Another volume show. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, if it works out, then why not? But, uh, you know, one of the things that Ewan McGregor said, I think it was even this week, was kind of how an OV-1, you know, I guess from screen tests and stuff like that, he, like, I sounds like he feels more natural in the vault as opposed to green screens um because you know he can now interact with the backgrounds he can interact with whatever as opposed to not knowing what the fuck is going on and just like you know hearing um uh what's his face <laughs> you know george lucas's voice saying oh now, <laughs> now it's here this is what you're gonna react yeah. to you're you're on a lava planet and you're going to be fighting a cgi anakin skywalker yeah. Go! Exactly. <laughs> you know? And we all know that, on top of it all, George Lucas hates human interaction. So, you know, <laughs> I think, obviously, uh, I'm pretty sure Ewan McGregor feels a lot more comfortable. But it was interesting, especially the comments as, you know, because we've talked about this in terms of green screens, the lack of realness, and kind of what they're getting with the vault. Yeah, for sure. And, and this would be... Like you say, the first time you and McGregor is really working in this type of environment, compared to, compared to the old experience, and and it's no secret, Hayden Christensen, all like uh, everybody hated Natalie Portman. Everybody hated working on those movies, not because those movies were bad, but because of the amount of green screen. Like, and you know, George had his his specific ideas about what kind of. Uh, delivery he wanted from the actors and whatnot, and you can you can go back and forth with that all all day till the cows come home. But really, the the, the actors exactly right. They they found it was frustrating to film basically against nothing. You know, it's so, interesting. Yeah, you know how the pre the prequel trilogy was essentially filmed one hundred percent in green screen. I am shocked that Disney hasn't redone the effects for those movies yet up pretty well like it's it's i remember when i was a kid watching vhs copies of particularly star wars right and even empire strikes back as, as you got into your teens you'd watch them and they were kind of cringy right because the technology was such that you could identify well that's stop motion well that's on a cable well that's you know you can see the the lines or the the cutouts around the tie fighters as they twist in space because the space around them was discolored comparative to the 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 blackness everywhere else so there was times at which i was like oh geez man they need to really update these films and when they did them in the late 90s there 
<clears throat> in preparation for the prequels, I was I was again a kid in candy store because it was great to see the work that they that they actually ended up doing. Now that being said, I can still there are some moments, yeah, you're right, where I look at the prequels on a rewatch and think, oh, that could have been handled a little bit better. It's been in general because like yeah, yeah, it does hold up. It's you're not getting like uh Scorpion King um, you know, levels of horrible <laughs> CGI, right? Like the Mummy Two, yeah. that last scene just was ridiculous, and probably like one of the most infamous CGI scenes in all of like movie history, cinema history, yeah. if you will. Um, yeah. But like you know, just because it's a way to capitalize, and why not update them if you can, right? Like I, I'm shocked that they haven't done it. I'm shocked that we haven't heard rumors of it. I'm shocked that it's not something that's already happened. To be honest, because you can update it and like. You know, the performances are the performances, but there's certain things there, you know, like floating fruit um, and shit like that, that you can for sure improve on. <laughs> and I bet you that it will look better and give you a better overall appreciation of the movies. I think Disney have a very healthy respect for Star Wars. I, I think that that back catalog, like even even the 4K versions that released on Disney Plus are the 4K versions that George Lucas did. Yep. So Disney hasn't really tracked back into it. And every rumor that I hear, and I know we don't talk about rumors on the show, but I'm just going to say this as a general statement. Almost every rumor that I hear coming out about what Disney could be looking at doing with existing property of Star Wars is basically reshooting it as a new movie. Like, that seems to be the predominant thing. Like, what happens if you recast it? Because... Disney don't even want to go back and touch that stuff due to the reaction. You look at people suing George Lucas for the changes he made in the movie and and all the Smithsonian issues and and stuff like that, where it's like, well, these are works of art that are owned by the American people. And, you know, it's just being controversial. Whereas Disney, if they reshoot it and they get new actors, then they can start filling in the blanks. They can start recreating new versions of Star Wars with old versions of Star Wars, right? And I think that that might be something that weighs heavier on the pendulum, not even suggesting that they're seriously considering it, but I'm just saying I could see that being a strategic move by a company like Disney with a property like Star Wars Mm -hmm. in order to let the old school fans be the old school fans and usher in the new kids to to witness it and maybe some changes. But who knows? You're right. It is a big money pot. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and we'll see what happens so going back to falcon and winter soldier uh the marvel's or avengers assembled episode two things were really big on me as takeaways number one the writing one thing that i always found interesting and this is like you know not every writer has the benefit of knowing who is cast in your movie you know oftentimes yeah changes can be made but you know it sounded like anthony mackie had a direct influence on the final speech right um Mm -hmm. and you know that led to a more believable performance that led to a much meaningful um words because it literally came from a black man in america right uh so i think the benefit of knowing and having this interconnected world is kind of pays off in that sense because you're able to 
talk with the actors and kind of get a sense of, you know, okay, I know what the comic portrayal is, and then I know who the actor is going to be. Let's try to get and find something in the middle, right? So mm-hmm. I think that was a huge benefit that uh, the MCU has. Now, where there's a benefit, there's always a negative to this and the negative for me is having this interconnected world um you know and 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 i'm sure that kevin feige has thought of this uh and i'm sure that there is a good explanation to this but you have to ask the question while all of this madness was happening in new york city where the fuck was spider-man where the fuck was dr strange Mm -hmm. why didn't they why couldn't they call on anyone else you know you have these 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 huge teams but your 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 scope is so specific and i understand that like kevin feige and the showrunners kind of talked about this and they said you know in order to have someone like spider-man uh it needs to make sense in the story that you're trying to tell but At the same time, if you're building this interconnected world, why wouldn't Spider-Man show up knowing that there's a fucking terrorist attack happening in his backyard? Again, I go back to we don't know, you know, what Peter Parker and Spider-Man is going through. We don't know what what um, Doctor Strange is going through right now in their respective parts of the MCU. But it bears to ask the question, you know, this is one of the issues in, in, in my opinion, of the MCU, is that because you have this huge world, and as fantastic as this is, it's also a hindrance as you're trying to tell a specific story because people are going to say, where are the, the other characters? If, you're having, if, if, if our main character is struggling so much, why doesn't he mm-hmm. call for help? Yeah, it, it is a good question, right? And it, 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 it constantly comes up. The more that they do shows or movies like the Avengers where they do these big team ups, then it becomes a fundamental question, right? They, they, they managed to shuffle away during the, the phase three and whatnot. Uh, the Hulk was away and on, you know, during the, his whole escapade with Ragnarok and whatnot on, on that planet with Jeff Goldblum. Um, they managed to square some of those things away for those movies and for the timeline. But you're right with these shows and the, like basically looking forward as to what role the shows are going to be playing and how they augment that universe. It does bear that question of where the heck is everybody? Yep. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it goes deeper than, well, that's because Spider-Man is a uh, Sony's property. <laughs> it, it just gets into that. Yeah. Where the heck's the kid, right? He's happy to fart around all the other times that shit's going on in New York city. So why isn't he over there now? Yeah, maybe he's stopping other crimes. I don't know. Maybe, you know, there was even some theories that I saw that were starting to put together that those clamps on the back of the trucks that they put the 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 UN people or the GNC people in, yep. they had eight legs. Hmm. And the bomb that Sharon used was green gra- gas. And they were starting to say were all these items from Oscorp. Mm. And maybe this was a backdoor way of introducing Oztech into it and maybe putting setting up Oscorp into the MCU now. Right. It's interesting. I you know, like that's a lot of reading between the lines though. Like but it was interesting nonetheless because it's almost exclusively done in the MCU that green stuff would come from, you know, that end of it. 
That, that's yeah. a hallmark sign, right? So I don't know. There might be more to it than we think. And there might be some explanation that comes down the mm-hmm. road, but there may not be. Exactly. <laughs> it's just My money's on no. <laughs> it's just one of those things, right? Um, I try not to get into that nitty-gritty because, you know, yeah. I understand. Like, it, it's it's... The reality of the situation is that you're not going to get everyone always helping out. The reality of the situation is that you don't need everyone to always help out. But from a fundamental storytelling point of view, it's hard to completely ignore those questions. Um, so that's yep. that. All right. Um, you mentioned Invincible. So you, I still haven't seen the finale. Um, yeah. I've heard a lot, but I still haven't seen them. Um, but yeah, so Amazon already said that season two... And three and three scheduled because they've been renewed. Yeah, it, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I I, I didn't rush into it. I mm-hmm. just avoided the internet for a while and enjoyed an evening sitting down with Invincible. And yeah, it was it was. It's going to be interesting to see where the other seasons go. Mm-hmm. Well, you you pretty much know at the end of this one where some yeah. of it's going to go. But yeah. Yeah. Um. Hey, speaking of Amazon. Get this. I, 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 this is why my hand smells, everybody. I actually have the Amazon glove that that scammer sent me. And it. yes, I can confirm, it still stinks. <laughs> um, my hand smells bad, like chemicals. It's not good. Um, as well, I had an experience with Amazon this week, which I know they're kind of our corporate overlords. But um, I, I ordered a product last weekend. And oddly enough, my Prime renewed this week. So they dinged me for $80 for that, and that's fine. But due to the COVID situation here in the GTA, um, it turns out that Amazon are closed. Their warehouse is closed down because of a COVID outbreak. So this item was supposed to be at my house within two days. It didn't ship for a week. All right. And that's fine. I'm like, all right, that that's cool. I, I get it. There's people. My my products aren't really that big of a deal. However, this was an item that I ordered due to a surgery I had on my eye. <laughs> okay. So as Boris will probably take a picture of, I look at my monitors now with sunglasses on because I'm just protecting. I'm a little bit sensitive with the eye with the surgery that was done on it. So I... uh. I ordered some different sunglasses and, you know, people who know me know that I don't like cheap sunglasses. I like Oakley and and different companies like that. So I ordered a pair of Oaks and here's, here's the thing, right? This has happened to me before. It was out for delivery yesterday and they used Purelator as a delivery method. Mm. And Purelator didn't even try to come to my house. They put a notice in my in my Amazon thing that said that attempted delivery was an attempt at delivery was made and that there should be a sheet hanging on my door. Guess what? There's no sheet. Guess what? I was home all day. Guess what? Other people were in the house too. Nobody even attempted. I've caught this peer later weekend person many times doing this. I called to complain to Amazon because it did cheese me off enough. Because I'm like, I've waited a week. I've paid my 80 bucks. I know you guys have problems. I'm not going not gonna to dismiss that. But what the heck, man? And the guy says to me, let me go talk to my supervisor, and I will try and get you a discount. 
And I'm thinking, all right, well, this is probably going to be 10 bucks because in the past it's been 10, $15 that they've given me. Like for this rubber glove, they refunded me my full money and gave me an extra $10 back because they were so embarrassed by what was going on with my Infinity Gauntlet. So guy comes back on and I was actually gobsmacked. He gave me back $5. <laughs> there you go. Cheap buggers. <laughs> That's my rant this week of lightheartedness. So I'm mad at Pure later, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I got a question for you. I didn't even think to ask this of the, of the Amazon representative yesterday. But Pure later don't request any signature anyway. They just drop that shit off and walk away. It's, it's regular Amazon delivery. There's no signature required. Yep. There's no... They don't need evidence of someone even being home. They just have to leave that thing by the door, essentially. Like, I, I just nothing squares out with me other yeah. than Pure Later didn't want to deliver it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 I don't know. I don't get it sometimes, but, uh, yeah, Amazon can be a little odd with delivery, um, especially yeah. when they use third parties, right? Yeah, because I told the guy that. I'm like, Hey, you know what? If it was the Amazon guy, it would be here. Yeah. Because he knows my house. That guy, he knows me very well. I know him. But the fact that you guys use PureLater, I'm like, I didn't choose to use PureLater. I, if I had the choice as a customer, I'd tell you not to use PureLater because they're crap, especially yeah. on weekends. Exactly. Yeah. At least my guy is. I'm not going to say that about PureLater in general. If you work for PureLater, hey... I'd love to hear from you about the little scams that are going on where you don't even drive your truck and get the day off and probably get paid for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, but it was just really frustrating. It is frustrating. <laughs> um, so that's that's your grievance. Airing your grievances with Amazon on our show. I love ah, well, what did I pay $80 for? Where's my prime? Exactly, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. It's it's for sure 100% a piss off. Um, have you played Stadia? Yeah, there's some free games that came out this week. Mm -hmm. So I, I claim them. I haven't but played I, them yet. I have to I have to ask, have you used Search? Oh, no, that's only on the website now. But <laughs> at least it's there. It's not in the app. It's Ridiculous. weird how they roll shit like this out, man. It's really weird. But... It, Stadia is getting begrudgingly half decent reviews in the community now. And we're kind of noticing that, that it's switching. Like, it's obvious that Google have done exactly what we theorized. They've killed the internal development and they're totally focused on AAA titles and getting games day one to their service. So, like the new Resident Evil, that's obviously going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Um, that's that's going to be day one. I think it comes out on Tuesday or something like that. And anyhow, whenever it, it comes out in the, for the regular consoles, it'll be out on, on Stadia. Yep. And it, it's interesting to see the love because you technically don't need a subscription to Stadia. You can just buy the game on Stadia and you have your Chromecast or your phone or whatever it is, your computer, and then you can play the game. There's no hardware hookup, right? And people are finally understanding the brilliance of this product because <laughs> it's like you could right now, in theory, oh, no, in practicality, go out and just place Destiny 2. That's free for everybody. You don't yep. need a pro account, you know? It's, it's nuts to think yeah. about 
how accessible these platforms are going to be and how they're going to change video games like we talked about last week with xCloud and Sony and everybody starting to chase this cloud gaming idea. I am legitimately wondering because of the horsepower that is on Stadia and the comparisons that I can make with other games, like especially the games that are on platform, um, I do wonder what the future of the PlayStation hardware is. Mm. It is a legitimate question for me now because I look at the big behemoth and I love my PlayStation 5, but I'm just calling it. I'm like, man, the gaming is very comparable on Stadia and there's way less to mess around with or worry about even. There's enough market that physical is always going to be a thing for video games. Oh, yeah, of that, I have no doubt. But sometimes it just makes me laugh because it's like, oh, I have to download this patch now. I have to download this patch now. Oh, you know, like Cyberpunk is a great example of a game that's never-ending patching. Good for CD Projekt Red. But it's hilarious for me to watch, like, oh, that's another night of just leaving the PlayStation in sleep mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So here's an interesting thing. Have you... Yeah. So speaking of services, speaking of... Um, you know, uh, cloud gaming and whatnot. Do you remember Movie Pass? I do indeed. AMC Movie Pass, right? Well, the the, the yeah the yeah. So the yeah that the Movie Pass co-founder they have a new service for video games, um, and yeah. it's essentially called Pre-Show Interactive Mobile App. It's currently in beta. It converts time spent with ads into currency for a library of more than 20,000 games. Those include PC, console, VR games. Company says it uses incentivized engagement rather than advertising that interrupts your experience. And that's found in beta that most of its users prefer this method. So it's kind of like uh, like a, a, a an additional service that comes with, with this. Uh, there's no real list yet in terms of what games are um supported by this but it just looks like it's you know one of these um you know uh play for prize type thing i don't know i feel kind of icky about some of this stuff mm-hmm. like everyone's, I, I my point is everyone's getting into the service game right now yeah yeah for sure and it'd be interesting to see what comes after the service game right because it, it's all so cyclical and whatnot, but everybody's into that that end of it. I don't really, I'm not fond of, and I know I I I don't live up to this mantra through my daily life, but I'm not fond of the overt "you are the product" <laughs> methodology, right? Like, I hate when it's like, oh, well, we're going to deliberately manipulate you, but we're going to give you something, so therefore, you can't complain. Yeah, it it's kind of creepy. exactly it's it's kind of fucked up in that sense um you know and then earlier this week we found out that ea through leaked documents um to no one's surprise (laughs) are pushing people to loot crates um i don't know i I don't know and i don't fully understand why this is huge news but it is well it's it's because the people who broke it are cbc and they obtained a, a document from an internal employee so it was a leaked document. Now, EA, the thing is, is that it came out of their Vancouver office. Okay. So that's why it hit the airwaves up here with the headlines, because it was it was a tasty morsel that wasn't COVID, 
that shows how basically blatant a company's being about things. And this is what kills me about this. This is why I reacted to it pretty swiftly. And that is because EA constantly go to European Union and things like that and are having to defend these loot boxes, right? And basically deny that this is their strategy and deny that it's gambling and deny all this stuff. And they make out like it's the excitement of being a kid and opening up a pack of cards. Come on. There's nothing more uh, simple and, and elegant than that, right? And the thing is, is that all the numbers and all the the data show that the company is just being an absolute monster with this internally. And the funniest thing for it was EA's spokespeople saying that they have no comment on leaked documents or out-of-context documents. And I'm like, if you read the actual document, there's not much chance of any out-of-context interpretation. (laughs) It's like bullet-pointed straight out. You gotta get people's money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what what is Pierre gonna say, right? Yeah, they're 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 always gonna go with out of context, regardless of yeah, you know how in context the memo was. You know that's gonna be their excuse. So it is what it is. It just made me laugh though, because the comedy of it was just like <laughs> it's so on point that document. It's it's damning in almost every aspect, and yet not surprising at all. Like you're yep. saying, right? I'm like. Oh shit! Big company going to try to make money. Well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have two pretty major things to chat about. One of them, um, you know, it, it it affects us in the grand scheme of things because you know, as I've always said, we look at the business side of stuff, especially as it pertains to streaming, as it pertains to TV rights and worldwide rights of how, and how the world is changing. So the NHL earlier this week has announced a seven-year deal with Turner Sports as the secondary U.S. TV partner. Earlier in the year, we were talking about their new deal with ESPN. And earlier in the week, it was announced that NBC was out of the running as the secondary TV partner. Currently, Comcast NBC is the main partner of the NHL. Mm-hmm. It has been for many years. You get the rivalry Wednesday games on NBC Sports. Um, with NBC Sports shutting down its doors, you know, there was a lot of questions what's going to happen. Um, I honestly thought that they were going to be the secondary TV partner, but no, Turner Sports, who owns TBS, who owns TNT, who already owns the NBA um, deal, has scooped this up for a seven-year deal. Um, so it begins next season. It's going to put three Stanley Cup finals on TNT. Uh, so, you know, this is this is pretty huge for them. Um, yeah. You know, it's there's a lot there's a lot right now that's going on there because like those are two huge companies. You essentially have EA or sorry, um, ESPN. It's kind of funny when you take a look at the players. <laughs> it's Disney yeah. and WB. Yep. And you know what? Like, here's where Turner. It, it it's interesting that they're into the NBA and into the NHL because I think that those the NBA I think is far bigger in the states than it is much bigger. You know than it is up here. Um, and obviously NHL is way bigger up here than it is in the states. And I think that you know getting onto a, a, a broadcaster like Turner, I think will do well in 
getting the profile and the viewership of that sport up. I always felt it was weird that it was on NBC, but not bad weird. It just was weird. That's all. But NBC used to be one of those, you know, contenders in the sports world. You know, that when, when I was growing up, you know, ABC and, and the wide world of sports and all that kind of stuff. And yep, Disney shuffled all that into ESPN, right? And, and it's just, I, I can see NBC doing what they're doing right now and eventually examining the, the marketplace and the revenue streams and then seeing where they want to invest in as well. Because mm-hmm. I think sports are changing and the way that we view sports and the way that people view things are changing th- a lot of those models. Yeah, And I think it has to do with video games and I think it has to do with Twitch and I think it has to do with YouTube. It has to do, has with, to do also with all the these fact other that things. Live TV content, content that you are best to consume live at once, never ending content it's coming at a premium price. This is why wrestling, yeah. WWE, AEW can get the huge contracts that they have because live TV right now is the pre is a premium. Is this going to keep people from buying, um, you know, and constantly renewing your services? Uh, let's take a look at these numbers. NHL received three hundred fifty million uh, US in the US broadcasting partners. So two hundred fifty million from NBC. And a hundred million from Disney streaming services, uh, so you know three hundred fifty million total. The upcoming deals okay. are going to average six hundred and thirty-five million a year, with four hundred ten million coming from Disney and two hundred and twenty-five million coming from Turner. And Turner get the the Stanley Cup final. Three of them. Three years? Yep, for three years. Three out of these seven years. So four on Disney, three on Turner. That's going to suck for Disney on those years because they they shoot out 400. (laughs) Well, they knew what they were getting themselves into. They wanted them all. They could have paid more, right? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, It's the first time since 1994 that the NHL Stanley Cup is going to be on cable only um, but Batman is very confident that you know because TNT is available in 90 million homes um, that you know and there are other ways to watch it so of note this is where it ties to kind of a lot of the things that we talk a part of this deal as you know we talked about the Disney side of stuff because they have ESPN plus um, they have other uh, streaming services and there's a reason why I said WB because HBO Max is going to jump on this deal because HBO Max will be one of the streaming partners for the NHL in the USA uh, throughout this. So, yeah. Wow. Well, it's weird, right? The only reason why I maintain my TV package is because of live sports. Yep, exactly. It's basically, that's the only reason. And the worst part for me right now is exactly what this is doing, fragmenting the market. And it bothers me when companies do this and, and, and corporations like uh, the NHL, Major League Soccer, stuff like that, start fragmenting their viewership because it's, it's absolutely gut-wrenching to me because it means that I either have to acquire another service to watch a game or basically stop giving them my money. Like choosing not to watch the sport. Like it's been really difficult this year for me to watch TFC because most of the TFC matches are on 
won soccer. Mm-hmm. Right? And well, I the don't Champions like, League. Yeah, I don't like paying 10 bucks a month for, for watching Champions League. It, the feed's pretty good. I'll give it that. <clears throat> but it's just, I don't know. It's just getting annoying to want to be a fan of something. It used to be they were all on TV. And now you're, you're Canada, having to go to different areas to get it. Here in Canada, we've been lucky. We've been very lucky. This is not this this is yeah. a regular thing for the states. You know, you have your local games, you have your national games. Here in Toronto, you know, it's the same thing. Local, national, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're always going to get the games. And we've we've been lucky in a sense that, you know, it's been one broadcast partner. You know, don't you remember in the old days, like, you know, where you know, because TSN was the only game in town, everything ended up on TSN, you know, or mm-hmm. or CTV or CBC and things like that. But now with Rogers and Bell both having their own sports networks, um, both of them have been really trying to jump on the exclusive content, you know, that huge ass Rogers deal with the NHL. Once that's over, there's a chance and a high possibility that, you know, similar to in the States, it's going to be a combination of TSN, Bell, and Sportsnet, yeah. Rogers. So we'll see what yeah. happens. It's funny because I was looking at sports last night on my guide and TSN had like four different games on five different channels mm-hmm. and different sports, different games. And then when I looked at Rogers, all the five of their channels were all the same content. And I'm like, Rogers, you have a problem right now. And that is that you only backing, you've pulled out of so many other sports that you don't have a lot of diversity on your channels anymore. And mm. that's that's something I, I I get a little bit concerned about. Maybe it's just because certain leagues are in off-season or that's whatever. What it but is. It, TSN it was like all has Blue Jays lost. baseball. Yeah, but that's that they're the owners. Like that's that's what I it's know. gonna come down to. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's part of the deal. Uh, but you Water's know, but TSN, I know. <laughs> TSN has is lucky because you know they do have a lot of like the secondary games. But who the fuck's gonna watch non-Canadian teams here, right? Unless you're, you're, it's a premium team. No one watches these games, so fucking air whatever the hell you want. I don't care, but I'm gonna watch the local teams, or I'm gonna watch like if I'm watching baseball, I want my Dodgers or the Yankees or you know a big market team. I don't give a shit if I watch the Cincinnati Reds versus Milwaukee Brewers or something like that, right? Like I want the big teams, and that's kind of the thing that TSN has is like, yeah, they show different sports, but no one gives a shit about half of those games. True, but I'll throw on an MLS game of Nashville versus, you know, uh, Miami. Yeah, but stuff like that. Like, I'll I'll put on any team because I know that we have to play them at some point. And it's almost like I feel like I'm doing a little bit of scouting to get an idea of what their play style's like or, or whatever. I just get excited by that sport, I guess. I, I would imagine that there's other people. I just like having the choice, I guess, is my point. Like, when I look at five channels showing the same thing, I'm like, I'd even want, you know, like maybe when CFL starts up to have us be able to see that there's other games happening on the channel. That's all. Like, here's here's your two Blue Jays channels. They're on the big one and they're on your local one. But then the rest of the country might want to watch something else. But I don't know. But it, Blue Jays it's are a timing. national team. It's, right? it's, yeah. it's the timing of, of everything. Remember, like they, they, they yeah. don't air... Um, so the, yesterday was a prime example. You had the Jays game, you had the Leaf game, you know, Rogers was fine. They're covered and they're making sure that everyone gets to watch those national teams, right? The yeah. teams that, and or whatever, the national broadcast. So, yeah. Um, yep. so we're going to move on. We're going to talk about 
Apple the Epic. So, you know, cool. we talked about this in the summer. Uh, so, you know, Epic decided to stop paying the Apple tax. So that's a 30% fee on digital purchases made through any Apple iOS store. Uh, so, you know, they essentially said, fuck you to Apple. Apple then mm-hmm. said, fuck you back and blocked them from, you know, all of their services. So that was a, you know, what Apple would have assumed was going to be a huge hit for them. And yeah, at the end of the day, it was huge. But what ended up happening is that Fortnite launched their own service for you to make purchases uh, because, you know, essentially Fortnite lives and thrives off of microtransactions, transactions. No. So, you know, it's this constant, you know, if, if for every transaction that happens, Apple takes 30%, um, you know, and there are documents that Apple actually takes as much as 78% on some developers. Blah. Yeah. So on Monday, the case is going to go to court. Uh, So there's a lot of ways that this can actually go. You know, Epic has a clear grievance. They've been locked out of the company's billion plus iPhone and iPad user base. Um, But also there's the U.S. antitrust laws that's focused on whether a company has hurt consumers by suppressing competition. So, you know, one can say that because Apple, if you don't listen and adhere to everything Apple says, you know, they can easily just cut you out, which means that there's less competition. So, you know, the, there's a lot of um, good, valid cases here that Epic has. Um, on the same side of all this, Apple claims that Epic is threatening what users love about iOS, creating a single well-vetted app portal. So they're basically saying, look, we've invested billions of dollars in the one-stop shop. You should use the one-stop shop. It costs money to keep the one-stop shop up and running. So that's how they're trying to justify this dev cut. So, you know, you know, this can go in so many different ways. And it says that it, you know, it's not trying to shut down competition, but, you know, it has the consumer's best interest at heart because if a company builds their own service like Epic tried to do, it's undermining the work that Apple has done. So the optics of this is quite interesting. Yeah. And yeah, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, it could all just be a giant letdown. I don't know what the actual court ruling is going to be or if it's going to be something that doesn't get challenged to death uh, by two companies that have more money than brains, right? It's just going to toil and toil and toil in purgatory of, of judgments. But it it's frustrating for... I, I can see Epic's point of view, but I also see Apple's point of view on this. And they are running a service. It is secure. And they're they're letting Epic into their player base. Like they can choose. Like they they make their own games too. Apple does, or they have their own publishers that make games for their services and whatnot. So they're choosing to do this. It, it's funny too because Google had to stop selling the Fortnite or stop pushing the Fortnite app for the same thing. It, it did land on, on different companies. It's just funny how Apple are the ones that are basically the target of all this mm-hmm. anger and, and as evident by their little cheeky shot at apple with their little ad right fortnite's little ad it's obvious that fortnite or epic are trying to use intimidation tactics to solve this early 
and out of court, yep. right? And just use it to an, a, a, a backlash from gamers to try and intimidate or strong arm Apple into basically they wanted to renegotiate that 30%, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted that to be 10% type yeah. thing. And I think that this would have just gone away and Apple are playing hardball on it. But the funny thing is, is that Apple are going around and looking at different companies and apparently they've started restructuring some of their deals to take less of a cut Yep. to help these struggling devs basically pocket more money out of their store. So Apple are using that as a tactic as well, because I'm sure it's going to come up in the court case where they're going to say, hey, look, what's Epic complaining about? It's a multi-million dollar company. They're making, you know, X dollars, whatever it may be, each year off of the back of Fortnite, which is amazing to me because Fortnite is a free-to-play game in theory, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can just download it and start playing it. And it's all these add-on purchases that basically make the company right now. They make a game engine and they make a game. And then the rest of their, their games that they used to make have all been sold off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a bloody amazing, like it's amazing to witness to me because I'm used to this waterfall type company solution where they keep on making new products and going, look, Oh, here comes the next thing you want to play unreal. Now you want to play Unreal Tournament. Now we want to take this to this area, Fortnite 2. And instead, it's these seasonal games and and this monetization strategy that, hey, this could impact it, right? Recurring revenue, as I've said so many times. But it's also funny at the same time that Microsoft is going to start paying developers even more money on PC. They're going to be matching the Epic Game Store. So starting in August, Microsoft's going to adopt an 88-12 revenue sharing model for PC developers. You know, there's there's a lot of optics going on here. Yeah, and, and we should note that Epic are obviously going to be using their own store as kind of this defense, right? Where they're going to be like, hey, look, we're in competition with Steam and we're selling gamers other people's games and we're taking less of a percentage than, let's say, Steam does. Yep. So Epic are going to be making a, a multifaceted argument that they're the good players in the market yep, and exactly. Apple's the evil, evil, greedy corporation, right? And this Microsoft move only echoes further into that defense, right? Yep. Where they're going to say, hey, look, Microsoft are giving a break to these guys because they got to eat, right? And that's that's what it's all going to be about. And yet all their CEOs and probably executive staff are taking home billions and billions of dollars or millions. I shouldn't say billions. That's an exaggeration. But they're getting the fat paychecks. They're ain't, they ain't having a problem getting food on the table while they basically – make their staff work overtime hours and not get paid for it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so one of the main impacts of this trial, though, is it's a lot It's a lot bigger than getting one game back on the App Store. You know, if Apple loses big, it could make the company basically re, 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 re-white? Rewrite. Oh, my God. Yeah. iOS. Um, Apple has a lot more at stake here than Epic does. Uh, Apple obviously has a stronger hand. Um, but, you know, iOS might have to be rewritten to incorporate you know the new rules that they're gonna have to use for the cut um also you know the fact that ios might have to be bypassed and epic can continue to use their own store um so the bench could also conclude that apple can maintain the app store exclusivity but it can't make developers use its in-app purchase system 
So again, you yeah. know, it's it's hey, you're not allowed to be an asshole. You have to allow this game back on the market, but you they don't need to use your in-app purchase system. Yeah, and it's funny though too because if you like let's say you're a consumer and you download Netflix on the iOS store and you subscribe to Netflix for 10 bucks a month just for argument's sake. And Apple still take $3 of that each month because that purchase was done through their store. Mm-hmm. So they that recurring revenue. And that's what we mean when we say it could it could rewrite everything people because Anything that you think that you you don't have anything to do with it, you may have a lot more to do with it. And Apple may be taking 30% of everything that you're scheduled out to make these payments on, depending on what device you purchased it on. Yep. That's why if you can go direct to the company, go direct to the company. But if yep. you use, you know, for I think Spotify is a great example because they do allow you to renew your purchases and your subscription through the Apple infrastructure. Um, and if that happens, then, you know, 70% goes to Spotify and 30% goes to Apple. But if you go through Spotify direct, it's 100% to Spotify. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that you just have to kind of realize where you're making these purchases and, you know, where you want your money to end up. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the talking heads are saying that Epic is really facing an uphill battle. Um, this mm-hmm. is going to be a very hard win to win. Um, it's not straightforward, but Apple probably has an advantage. Uh, you know, so we'll see exactly what ends up happening here. Um, and, you know, who knows how long this is actually going to take because I can see that whomever gets the win we're just going to be getting like you know this is going to be heading back to court oh it's going to be challenged so much right Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be appealed so much until it gets to a grand jury or something like that because these people have more money than they do anything else so they're going to be able to do this and then the funny thing is is that i'll bet you when it gets up into the higher courts they're going to be very specific about the rulings Mm-hmm. They're not going to be as the, the potential in the lower courts, I think, is higher that they're just going to be able to say something like, well, Apple's being anti corporate or anti competition. <laughs> Whereas you're going to see everybody is like really mining the lines when it comes to the big decisions in the higher courts. But yep, exactly. yeah, it's going to be a lot of entertainment. Yeah, 100%. I think we're going to all get, we're all going to get some f- serious insight into how these companies operate and what the drives are for their morality to operate that way. And I think that's what's most fascinating to me, is getting insight into that aspect of these big corporations. Yep. So we've made a lot of fun about Microsoft and Xbox. You know, no. uh, they've they've put a lot of their eggs in one basket that didn't pan out whatsoever. Uh, so, but Xbox is actually doing very well right now. So they're... Hardware revenue jumped by 232%. Total gaming revenue was up 50%. That's awesome for them. Um, Game Pass is selling well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. They made good moves. They made good moves. Like... Gaming revenue yeah. was up $3.53 billion for the first quarter that ended March 31st, which is up 50% year over year. Content and services revenue for Xbox jumped by 34% thanks to sales and revenue from Game Pass. Xbox hardware revenue exploded, posting a 232% year over year gain thanks in part to the launch of the new hardware. Yeah, well, they, they have systems to, that are selling out there and they're obviously still having 
some type of demand issue. Um, but yeah, it really is like they're, they're smart with outriders and, and, and MLB the show and all that stuff, getting them on game pass. It's making game pass a very attractive purchase for a lot of gamers. And the fact that they're supporting the older generation still as Sony is with the PS4 and whatnot, but you're, you're just seeing this, this meta vision that they're having with the game pass with the consoles regardless of which console you're on and it really the defining moment for the company will be whenever halo infinite gets to come out yeah right like that's going to be the game changer yep 100 then we're going to see real demand yeah um and it's crazy that like you know considering how little new games there actually are for xbox series X and S that it's yep. doing well. And same can be said about Sony. You know, right now there was an article that right now Sony is outpacing PS4 in sales. You know, PS5 is outpacing PS4, I should say. Um, yeah. And it's a little, it's shocking because when you think about what we talked about last week or the week before, where, you know, even by right after Christmas and leading up to Christmas, you could walk into a store and pick up a system. You know, right now it's half near impossible to get anything yeah it's funny because I, I watch my local microplay just because they're on a social media feed that i i pay attention to and they're getting more and more regular uh uh appearances of the hardware but it still sells out like right away like mm -hmm. they're they're quite literally saying hey we got like five ps5s in today i'll be like two hours later gone like don't even bother calling anymore they're gone <laughs> you know and it's amazing to me, you know, same, same thing with the series X it's, it's the same type of thing where there's a lot, high amount of demand in this market for it. And yeah, people want the new stuff, even, even just to play the old crap. Yeah. You know, it's the enhanced graphics and whatnot. Like even, I think it got announced that this year PlayStation five is going to get a free upgrade. Anybody who bought Jedi fallen order, there's going to be a PS five edition. Mm-hmm released with new graphics and, and a revamped uh, a load time engine and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting to see all these old games becoming new while the new games are under development and struggling due to COVID, as is all the distribution of these bloody consoles. So, man, oh, man, crazy time. People with lots of money. Yeah, exactly. And then... You know, then you have Konami, publisher of franchises like Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania. They said that they're not going to be taking part in E3, um, which is supposed to happen in June. Um, but they're like, you know, stay tranquilo, everyone. Uh, they are working on multiple titles right now, whatever that means. Oh, it's a company, man, I'm telling you. I get, I get weirded out by Konami and Capcom. I don't know why, but those companies just always are confusing to me. Mm -hmm. Their product release schedule. And then I see everything that they do, and they do it well. I'm not complaining about the the actual games. It's just they've, they're just these old gaming companies that just seem to disappear and then reappear and are hugely successful at whatever it is that they've decided to do. Yep. <clears throat> exactly. Definitely weird. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, Sony is aggressively investing in first-party games going forward. Uh, so, you know, they said that year-over-year, year they're investing $183 million 
dollars for first party software. So, you know, wow. it's a good time to run a studio. Yeah, for sure. And I you know, Microsoft are obviously in the game now with with Bethesda and and whatnot uh, in their stables. But for a while there it was ugly, man. It was really ugly. <laughs> and it's 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 good for consumers. That's what we keep on coming down to, right? That's our little tagline. It's good. The competition's good for consumers. Sony stepping up and, and putting this type of investment in, I think it shows two things, right? Because we saw this trend where Amazon was trying to get into the publishing game with their Luna service, and they were having some some development on titles. And obviously, Google was doing it with their Stadia. Obviously, Google, we know, shut it down. Amazon, it seems like every week they're shutting a studio down. It, it's not a happy time over there. Mm-hmm. But making games is hard and it's expensive, right? It's not it's not a kind of half half foot in type game. And I think Google and Amazon learned that. And I think, you know, you just let the professionals do their job in the Sonys and the Microsofts and, and let them usher in the stables because it's not for the faint of heart. Yep. All right. So CD Projekt Red, it was noted that CEO Marcin Iwinski and CEO Adam Kaczynski will each receive more than $6 million in bonuses with the game's director, Adam uh, Badowski, also receiving more than $4 million. Nearly $30 million in bonuses have been allotted for the company overall. Because huge chunks of this were awards awarded to executives, the average employee, you know, the people who worked insane amount of times or insane amount of hours trying to get this game up and running for people, they're going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of $5,000 to $9,000 each. Yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles in the world today, right? Unfortunately, you can be as outraged as you want. They met their goals. Gonna make it. Yeah, it's, it's the fact is, is that they exceeded, they met or exceeded their goals. Like the numbers don't lie, even with all the shenanigans that went on with the online sales, with Xbox, with Microsoft, and and Sony, they still cashed in quite well. Like yep, and they that's the way the contracts are done, and those are the people that are going to get the money, and you can. You know, sympathize or empathize and object to all the the people who put their their time and their efforts on the line and are only going to get a certain cut of it. But they knew what their deal was going into. And, you know, it's better than nothing, I guess, is the point. Yeah. It's just tough, man. Like, I, I, I there's a sense of outrage about it, but I also get it. I'm like, eh. This, I'm old enough now that I know that the world's not going to change to meet my outrage. Yep. And Pure Later will not show up on a Sunday to deliver my sunglasses. So There you go. That's so well. <laughs> and so are those poor people who put in a lot of time, but I'm sure for them too, they're doing something that they love and they're yep. doing something that they're good at. And I'm pretty sure that they can be hold their head up pretty highly. And I, I just feel bad about the controversy that continues to swirl around the game for those people. That's where my heart really goes out to them because I think that they all tried to do the right thing. And maybe some of these C-level execs that are getting these huge million-dollar paychecks, maybe they have some responsibility to bear in the fact that it was a botched release. Yeah. Even though financially it did well, obviously somewhere 
in that chain. Somebody didn't take a look at the PS4 running it and go, hmm, I think we have a problem here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the optics of these execs, you know, saying, oh, our fault, mea culpa, we'll do our best, even the long-term investment of CD Pro- of uh, Cyberpunk and whatnot, like, you know, that they're invested in the time. They're going to invest the time year over year to improve the game, but, you know, mm-hmm. the optics of it is like, oh, we fucked everyone over, but we're still taking our millions home. It just looks pretty shit. Yeah. It looks terrible. It looks terrible, but like, like I say... You get to a point in your life where you realize, hey, guess what? That yeah. guy who sits in that that nice office, he he gets a really big bonus, and mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> Which leads me to the next thing, and I'm wondering if MLB, the show execs, are going to be able to take those bonuses because over the past few weeks since the game's release, there have been severe server issues um, oh. to the point where the game is just down and unplayable at times on all systems. What? Oh, wow. So maybe that's why I couldn't get past the intro screens. <laughs> Probably. I kid, I kid, I kid. It was That was complete reluctance by yeah. me. But it's interesting to see what happens. Like this, this whole idea of now they're opening it up to another platform and it's a well-established platform, which means that there's a lot of people for years that were on the Xbox that were like, we want the show. Like, we want that type of baseball experience on a console. And more power to them. They finally get it. And I, I don't think that the player base demand was properly estimated on that side. And mm-hmm. having multi-platform. And wow, that's it's a good problem to have. It's not the type of problem that you just throw more money, money at it and it goes away. This mm-hmm. is the type of problem that really speaks to knowing how to scale these systems up for demand. And heck, even Outriders ran into this too, right? They ran a month-long beta. A month long of them just trying to get an idea of server load. And then, boom, opening weekend comes and the game spent more time down than up, right? And yep. it, it, took, it took weeks to stabilize that game. And they're still working on it. There's still features that aren't as promised, right? Yeah. It's so funny because we, you know, we, we, we largely don't talk about cyberpunk because of this uh exact issue but it's so funny how some companies skate around these disasters and you don't hear the outcry that went on cyberpunk like the uh, social media like reaction put it that way yeah because you know it's just i think everybody knows that that crap that stuff is messed up and they're going to get it fixed and it's just going to take time mm-hmm. unfortunately you know 20 year old or 27 year old me yelling at my world of warcraft being down back in the day while i'm paying a subscription fee and the server lines are like three hours long <laughs> crap like that right like there is there is a lot of time where i had to work out where my anger should be <laughs> It basically mm-hmm. is. Well, don't spend the money if you're not willing to put up with the frustration. Yeah, exactly. Um, so last little bit of uh, video game news, Last of Us 3. There is a story mm. not in production, not just yet. Yeah, we know it's coming. Exactly. And, and, and this is the thing, everybody. It's going to take years. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's Uncle Phil. I'm here to tell you. It's going to be years. Years and years and years. 
if you think um, God of War, the new one, is coming out this year, I don't think so. Because <laughs> they just announced it last year. You know, these titles take a long time. My God. And that's that's the thing, right? It's they have to storyboard it, they have to conceptualize it, they have to then the work happens. The work takes a long time. Yeah. Because it's so funny because I talk to some people that they're so used to the call of duty cycle. You know, every October there's a new call of duty. Oh boy. Oh boy. Call of Duty every year. But it's not why why is it they can make it and the other ones can't? It's because they have multiple companies working on it. It's not just it. one like, studio. If you work for Activision, you work for Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter what company you're actually working for. It will be Call of Duty. At some point they're gonna say, Hey, look, October's coming up. We need to get Call of Duty out. And that's it. Like it, it goes between two major developers. But Activision pull every every hand on deck in on that project, you know, yep. and that's that's what makes that a, an annual event. But these other game houses don't have that, and you know what? I don't want them to, because these games are so good that it's worth the wait. Yep, you know that's that's what it comes down to. Is my enjoyment level is so it's above watching a great movie for me playing one of these games, like playing a good game that surprises me and engages me for weeks at a time. My gosh. And then you get to go back and play it again and see what you could do differently. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it run on the PS4 and then get a new version of it for the PS5. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they'll release it for the PS4 at first? No, do you think? I don't think so. No. Oh. I don't think so whatsoever. <laughs> Darn it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Tons of streaming news to go through. So, number one, Roku and Google are at it over YouTube TV. Uh, so, mm. so much so that earlier in the week, Roku said, hey, we might have to pull you. Yesterday, it happened. They were pulled. Um, yeah. So, YouTube TV app is gone from all Roku devices. So, you know, essentially, they had to renegotiate terms for Roku to carry Google TV. But um, apparently, there's a bigger issue, and that is the new AV1 video codec that Google is keeping near and dear to their hearts. They don't want that shared on Roku devices. Um, so Roku is like WTF, and they're in a fight about it. Interesting. It's so fascinating knowing that it's all over a Kodak. Right. Right. Because because they've had this issue before. Like we have we have that issue and we have the whole idea that you buy some of this technology and you treat it as an appliance. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point at which the companies decide that they're not supporting the appliance. And then it gets really ugly then too, because your product is changing drastically, right? It, it's it's so interesting. This is it goes back to that whole right to repair stuff, and all that. It's like, well, I just want it to work, and really, it's something that's happening in the in the boardrooms, right? Yeah, but there's this huge fight. Exactly. Be- because Google want to be in everybody's face. They want to get maximum YouTube was- watchage. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I, I, 
they want eyeballs on their products. They, that's how they make money. And so something, something's rotten in Denmark here. Like, what is it that Roku want to do with this new codec? It, it probably compresses things enough, right? Like, there's for sure something. There's a reason why Roku wants it on their devices. Uh, it probably optimizes mm-hmm. the video output throughput on their devices. You end up using less data. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Interesting that I, it's so funny to see these companies get dug in on, over this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You, you start to think about what's under the hood. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, so Peacock has hit 42 million subscribers in the USA. Um, so essentially, they've added 9 million sir, uh, subscribers recently that or this year. And that is mainly in part because of The Office and WWE Network. Amazing. Well, I, I would think that. I would think that. A lot of it, if this 9 million new users, I would think a lot of it has to do with WWE. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's got to be a huge, like, spike. Yep. And it will continue to spike. Like, it's a huge fan base. So, yep. I think everybody who wants to watch The Office probably has the access that they need to watch The Office. Like, it's crazy to me. No. You'd be, sh- you'd be shocked at how many people, you know, that's why they were on Netflix. Unreal, man. Yeah. Um, it is, it week, is funny because you get comforted by shows being there. Yeah. Right? 100%. It's like how many times did you and I watch How I Met Your Mother? Exactly. Once a year, at least. Yeah. And now it's on Disney. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's still on Netflix, Crazy. but it's also on Disney. That's yeah. um, yeah, weird Dis- how stuff is doubling like, like that. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're still the existing contracts, right? Mm-hmm. I know because um, Family Guy's like on Netflix, but it's also on Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird man yeah cool, it's though. very weird alright so last week we were talking about HBO Max's cheaper ad supported tier uh, they announced this mm-hmm. week that it's going to cost $9.99 a month uh, so this is according to CNBC so it's still set to launch in June um, and the main difference between the $15 tier and the $10 tier is that you don't get access to the same day theatrical releases um uh, you know, and there will be ads. Well, I think I'd go for the the better package if it's five bucks. <laughs> yeah. So here's the interesting part. HBO shows, so shows that typically don't have commercials, won't get commercials. So you still mm. save a lot of money. So if you're watching The Sopranos, ah. if you're watching Euphoria, if you're watching Game of Thrones, you're not going to get a commercial just split right in the middle. Uh, that's good. Yeah. That's smart. That, 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 you know, book it on the beginning and the end if you have to put ads, mm-hmm. but leave the content of the show if it's not meant to break, then don't break it. There's nothing worse. Now, I don't have to put up with it because I have a YouTube premium yeah. account, but there's nothing worse than when I was getting so mad at sitting there watching somebody in mid sentence, then boom, ad, right? Like, do you want to drink Johnny Walker? Because Johnny Walker wants you to drink him. And crap like that right in the middle of the freaking run, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? And it pisses off content creators, everything. So I'm glad they're doing that. That's really, that's that's good. Yeah, 
So in a world that has constantly changed because of COVID-19, one of the things and one of the areas that we had talked about in the past in terms of needing to change, that is access to internet. We take it and our access to the internet for granted, Phil. But, you know, yep. lower income area areas um, don't have access to it. And we're not talking about countries. We're talking about neighborhoods. We're talking about low income neighborhoods in Canada in the United States, we're talking about neighborhoods, uh, you know, that are required to use the internet for day-to-day things, especially nowadays as people are being forced to work from home and, more importantly, school from home. They don't have devices. Mm-hmm. They don't have the internet. So, in New York City, um, Andrew Cuomo signed a bill that would require internet service providers to offer a $15 a month broadband internet option for low-income consumers and families in the state. It's one of the first laws in the country enforcing such a rule, but groups like U.S. Telecom, CTIA, and New York State Telecommunications Association argue that the state has no authority to set broadband prices and that the law could impair the company's abilities to upgrade their networks in the future. So telecom groups are actually suing New York over the low-income broadband law. It's interesting. Um, it's what ballsy. Needs to happen, it's ballsy, yeah. What needs to happen is you have to basically declare that access to the internet is a right. Mm-hmm. It's not an option. Yep. I think that that's step one in terms of cementing some kind of regula- regulatory oversight but i can totally see in the states that they're gonna buck against that no matter what my step one or guess step two i don't know is that the internet needs to be declared an essential item like as you like you said electricity Mm -hmm. but it needs to be charged like electricity charged like a utility these packages these telecom companies are getting away with murder for how they charge us on the internet yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing to me to watch. Like it's 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 a two headed monster, right? Exactly that. You you want you want to have electricity in your house. You need to have electricity in your house. So the government makes it so you can have electricity in the house, and they regulate that industry, or they at least have oversight on it. And guess what? There's a meter running on your house that shows you how much electricity, how much water you're consuming, right? There's somewhere in the in the system, whether it be at the head office or whatever, they're keeping a track and billing you accordingly. And it's agreed upon rate. With the internet, there's none of that, right? It's just like, oh, guess what? I want unlimited. Oh, guess what? All these devices, like if if I look at what's going on in my router, it blows me away constantly because almost every device that you have now is connected. Yep. And they're pulling all the time. They're constantly yep. updating. And and changing and pushing up information and pushing out information and taking it in. It's just amazing to me to see what my actual usage rates are when yeah. you get into it. And we have no control over that. You just come home and you speak to your smart speaker or watch your television, watch your streaming te- TV or whatnot. And you're not really thinking about that unless you're on some kind of plan where you have a cap. Where you have a limitation. And yeah, it needs to get out to all these people. It's, it's the world we live in. I I do tech support in my regular job. 
and I have to tell people this a lot lately in the past year is like, you need to get better internet. I'm sorry, yep. but like, you can't work like this. There, yep. It's just a matter of time before HR is going to be knocking on your door going, uh, what's going on? Because we can't tell what you're doing hmm? type thing. And yeah, it's tough, man. And they're like, well, you know, this is all that's available in my area. You think it's bad in New York city. It's bad up here too, where you get into certain areas. Like there are areas in Toronto that only have like bare ADSL. Mm-hmm. service right like five megabytes download a second it's it's just crazy to try and fit a business or a home or whatever into that type of internet connection have you tried connecting uh any devices to the old 2.4 gigahertz networks actually i i do i have and how's that going t- it, it's definitely finicky it's really <laughs> bad it's so bad. Like, you know, with the five gigahertz, when I'm at my parent, I don't use home my home as a test basis for this anymore because we have that Rogers Ignite, that super fast stuff um, because it mm-hmm. runs, you know, your t- it's IPTV. So you need that constant internet. So that's why you get the, the super broadband. Anyways, um, with at my parents, though, with the five gigahertz, they get about 40 down, right? 40 down, 10 up is typically what they get on 5 gigahertz. 2.4 gigahertz, we're looking at 5 down, if we're lucky. It's old tech, man. It's funny. You're right, because I can test my 5 gigahertz is coming in at about 50 down and about 10 up. Mm -hmm. But if I switch over to my LTE, just for example, this blew me away actually one day. LTE, because I saw all the 5G stuff going on. And I said, how fast is my LTE connection here at home? So I'm going to go on the cell network and do a speed test. It was 240 megabytes a second download. I was just like, holy crap, LTE is pretty fast. Yeah. Like, I was I was a little bit shocked that my phone was capable of that because my assumption was, hey, 50 gigs. You know, or 50 megs, that type of thing. But yeah, I have it for some lights that have to connect to the 2.4 gigahertz thing. So it's finicky, though, for connecting. It's it's weird. It's yeah. definitely a little more of a process. To say the least. And like the only device, I have two devices that still work exclusively on 2.4 gigahertz. That is my PS4, um, which I don't use anymore. But it, it's, it's only 2.4. It doesn't have the 5G capability. And my Android TV, like the box, the over Interesting. The table box. You see, it's funny because on my PS4, I I always hardwire them. Yeah. Yep. I think I, I think on the PS5, I think I've just got it natively on there. But I bought one of these gaming routers too that has like dedicated ports for consoles mm. and stuff. So it's interesting. It, it's I'm running like two, five gigahertz, three. Three five gigahertz networks in the house and two two point fours. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. I I don't know why I feel funny all the time. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So <laughs> I guess it's time for us to call it a show. But before we go, there's a couple last housekeeping items that I do want to take care of. Um, and that is um this Wednesday. 
we will have a special episode where we talk all things Star Wars. Hopefully, we will chat the Bad Batch. Um, there's a, some Star Wars news, some something with some severed hands that is happening in the new mm. comic books. Um, you know, and they're again borrowing elements from the old universe, the Legends line. Uh, so I'm really excited about that stuff. But and it might lead us into some more um, descriptions and 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 the answers as opposed to how Palpatine lived but we'll we'll talk about all of that on our special episode because it is going to be our may the 4th special brought to you on may the 5th yeah <laughs> recorded on may the 4th yes so that that's gonna happen and um yeah we could talk a little bit about some of the bad batch lego sets that got leaked Ooh. Ooh, mm-hmm. Lots of poo poo happening over that too. These images, I got my hands on them today, and uh, yeah, it seems their ambassador program has a leak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, talking of Lego, we can talk about the Star Wars Lego stuff, but let's talk about Lego in general. So, that I guess a lot of their new sets are on sale because I saw a lot of people um, getting really oh. excited about the the new uh, the statues, like the heads, the you know, I was up at midnight on Friday, putting through my order. I wanted that scout trooper. I wanted the 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 droid, the imperial droid, and I wanted my May the Fourth set, which I know people hate them, those sets. But I kind of have all the other ones, and I want to keep the collection going. And yeah, there's new R two D two too. This is such a fun little UCS mini mini uh, model builds coming out and i just love that they're star wars they're so much fun even though that rtd2 set looks like it's a nightmare to assemble but i'm just gonna give you that heads up boris because i know you're a huge r2d2 fan and i know you're probably longing for it but just know that the inside of that r2d2 is about as much fun as nailing your foot to the floor Ugh. yeah but you know what i want good build i want my bat vehicles that's what i'm up yep, the bat vehicles, man. They should be out now. Yeah. I know. I got to yeah. check on that. Because um, it's the two. You're going to want the car and you're going to want the helicopter. You got to get that Robin, man. A little yeah, short pants Robin. And more importantly, I need to get my hands on the bat wing. Oh, really? You're still targeting that. Good mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, it, it's in stock, man. It even comes with a wall mount. Yeah. So, I know. I I'm just that. saying, like, Lego are doing smart shit. They are. Very smart shit, yep. to say the least. Yeah, and uh, i got to get my bonsai trees. I forgot. Yes, your bonsai those. trees. That's for sure. Something. i got to get two of those. Man, i got to get the cherry blossom one and the green one. Yeah, so I'm just looking here. Yeah, the they're both in stock right now. $259.99 for the Batwing. $299.99 for the Batmobile. Yeah, the big Batmobile, right? Big, yeah, the '89 Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice model. It really is. I saw that in store before this pandemic crap hit, and man, oh man, it's a nice model. You know what else is good is the uh, the new space shuttle that they released. Man, yeah. I got a little bit a little bit of heat coming off of my steamy parts for that. That's for sure. But uh, it's expensive too. Thirty-five bucks for the. Batman classic TV series Batmobile. Yeah, that's a good one, man. For that price point. I think I'm going to have to model. get it. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, because I was going to go with your 89 Batmobile. Exactly. That's going to be that scale. And, and you got to get the helicopter so you get Robin. Adding it to cart. Oh, my God. It's a live purchase, everyone. It's a live purchase. <laughs> kind of like my PS5. Uh, the helicopter's not there yet. Boo. Yeah. You're going to have to get short pants, Robin, after. Yep. But I'm, I'm, I'm ordering this. All right, let's see how I pay. Hey, you have any coupons to give me? <laughs> uh, no, I. Well, what's what's your order total? Is uh, it just a Batmobile? Forty two ninety four. Okay, so you're gonna get free shipping, right? Uh, says seven ninety five. Oh, that's that's bullcrap. Um, yes, this is happening right here, live on the show. Yep. Uh, I have a promo code for you. All right. Free. Send it uh, free. Uh, nice. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Uh, send it to free me. Free shipping. I'm, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm buying this right now. Awesome. Can't wait. Back order. 60-day wait. I can, I'm can. i not in any rush. Yeah, at least they told you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're currently receiving a lot of Lego orders. We're expecting delivery to take longer than usual. Please order early and check your order status for updates. Thanks, guys. There you go. I sent you. Your... Got it. Perfect. Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh, those are cool. The the minifigs. Yeah, I told you those are awesome. Holy shit. Those are really cool. Yeah, Lego are upping their game on the minifig side. The stuff that they said they you know we always thought they wouldn't do, they're doing now. Because those look really good. All those all those minifigs. Like on Marvin the Martian. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the one that caught my eye, um, dude. That Imperial probe droid looks cool. Yeah, the great thing about that is that it's not black; it's dark blue. I'd get this: the new um, Bad Batch shuttle that's being released is dark blue as well. It's so nice to get away from black and gray. And the great thing about that model too is that the plaque has snow dripping off of it. It's like done up like Hoth, right? And I just love all those details. Those things just, they kill me, man. Those are UCS models. Like, While well, they're in the UCS vein. Yeah. Because they have the plaque, but they're great. They're they're just fantastic. They've, they've done the droids now for a while, like BB-8 and, and uh, DO, and obviously Yoda, and Baby Yoda. I got to get the Baby Yoda or Grogu. Yeah, that one looks cool too. Um, holy shit, there's a lot. Yeah, the funny thing is, is that, what is it, M&R Productions, Ryan at M&R Productions, he lobbied Lego to make those um, 501st Battle Packs, and obviously the 501st, I would imagine they, they signed on right away, anybody who's in the 501st Legion would be signing on and wanting these these models made. And it's so funny watching Lego shuffle it to the back of the Star Wars page. Mm-hmm. And they're deep sixing the product, it looks like. And it's hilarious because it didn't get its full run. And it was probably one of the hottest Lego sets. They retired it in Australia because they said that there wasn't enough demand because they never shipped it. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, people can't buy it if it's not there. So it's it's just so funny watching the trends and whatnot. Like, Lego are sold out of everything, it seems. Yeah, I'm looking right now. So that... Uh, the other Batmobile that I have, the one with the Joker and the Batman minifig, uh, that one's mm-hmm. retired now. Yep. 
it should be a run is about a year to a year and a half, depending on the popularity. And in rare circumstances, they actually will bring back sets now if they feel like there was a, a huge demand that they didn't meet. I think they brought back the the Apollo Five rocket, and they brought back the ship in the bottle recently. So interesting. I'm yeah. This. All right, there you go. Almost purchased. I just got to add your code, and it's done. Great. I love it. That's compelling content. It is compelling content. (laughs) People seeing how I spend my time and money. (laughs) Lou later, he goes out and he buys a Tesla. (laughs) We made a Lego purchase. (laughs) Of $35. (laughs) $35. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. So, we will have our... May the 4th, special on Wednesday on May the 5th, but we're going to be talking all things Star Wars. Um, Should be a pretty fun show, even if it's a short one. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. So I think that is it, Phil. We have surpassed our 90-minute threshold. So how about you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of us? Yep, and uh, be sure to tune in to The Bad Batch uh, this Tuesday, May the 4th, uh, for the show. And if we do talk spoilers, we'll let you know. But if we do or don't, you just want to basically talk to us, you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. And basically, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Apple, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And uh, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and uh, leave a rate and review, if possible, on the platform. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to us today. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Phil, as always. And it's been a hell of a year. And to many more years, it's going to be a ton of fun. We have a lot to get through. Um, Tyler will be back at some point. He, like, I, like we've mentioned many times, real life comes on knocking sometimes, and he's just a busy guy. So all the best to him. Um, we'll talk about what he's doing in a little bit, basically when we get the green light too. But it's uh, super happy for him in the grand scheme of things. Um, but he will be back. Don't worry. There's still three of us. We're just making do with what we have right now. Um, so we are the It's Canon Podcast, a podcast where we, we, we talk about anything and everything. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>